podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. There were too many goodbyes. That night was the first time I actually saw camp burial shrouds used on bodies, and it was not something I wanted to see again. Among the dead, Lee Fletcher from the Apollo cabin had been downed by a giant's club. He was wrapped in a golden shroud without any decoration. The son of Dionysus who'd gone down fighting an enemy half-blood was wrapped in a deep purple shroud embroidered with grapevines. His name was Castor. I was ashamed that I'd seen him around camp for three years and never even bothered to learn his name. He'd been 17 years old. His twin brother Pollux tried to say a few words, but he choked up and just took the torch. He lit the funeral pyre in the middle of the amphitheater, and within seconds, the row of shrouds was engulfed in fire, sending smoke and sparks up to the stars. Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parent. And I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. And I'm Phoebe from Cabin... Oh god, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Which cabin is Hades? Already forgot. 13. (laughs) 13, okay. (laughs) And I'm Phoebe from... And I'm Phoebe from Cabin 13. Hmm. And I'm Emily from uh, Cabin... Oh god, was it 9? 10. 10. 10. From Cabin 10. This is going really well. (laughs) I I love this. (laughs) I, uh... I'm not a numbers person, okay? I think I can remember up to like 15, maybe 16. Um, it's because you're a crazy person. I can't believe I didn't remember that Hades is Cabin 13 when I literally have the Cabin 13 hat. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm, I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, anyway, getting out of the spoiler territory. Um, <laughs> well, we're so happy to have both hosts from Monster Donut here, finally. Yeah. We've had on Emily before, and now we have on Phoebe as well. Yay! Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Percy Jackson podcasters. We're like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, um, Phoebe, can you give us a little bit bit about yourself, your pronouns, um, how you got into the series, and just, you know, any any other interesting facts? Sure. Um, My name's Phoebe, she, her. Um, I came to Percy Jackson uh, because my sister was assigned the Lightning Thief as summer reading back in like 2006. And she used to really struggle with reading. Like it was really hard for her. And she hated the Lightning Thief so much that every time she finished a page, she would rip it out of the book. And uh, what? I- <laughs> I just I reached a point that summer where I was like I need to know what this book is so I picked it up one morning and and basically read it all in one sitting and then like talked about it with her as she kept going and by the end of the summer we both like ran to the bookstore to get Sea of Monsters together which had just come out Um, and so the books have been like our constant companion (laughs) since then oh wow so like at the beginning yeah. Sea of Monsters just came out? It had just come out. <laughs> Jesus, 2006. Yeah. What was yep. I doing back then? 
<laughs> nothing, actually. Literally nothing. Um, that 2006? Yeah. It was 2006, yeah. First oh, one was 2005, second one was 2006, right? I think they came out basically every year. Yeah, I think um, my first... I think I, I, I own the hardcover of Titan's Curse, so I think that was the one that had just come out when I started reading them. My, my hardcover is just Last Olympian. Yeah, mine too. Um, and then every book since then has been hardcover, because I'm just like, I mean, why not? Just get them when they come out immediately. Right, you have to, or I'm the entire thing wait. is going to get spoiled for you. <laughs> Bye, Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right, right, that happened, didn't it? Which book was it that got spoiled for you? Oh, well, uh, I did have The Burning Maze spoiled for me um, on Tumblr, and I yeah. also did spoil large chunks of House of Hades on Tumblr for <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> wow, it just it just keeps happening. I mean, hey. It's a cycle. <laughs> it was karma. It was, it was coming for me. Literally. <laughs> Spoiler karma. You, you spoiled someone, so you had to be spoiled for something else. There you go. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, no, you didn't spoil the burning. Phoebe is really good about, like, she'll, like, give you a book, and she'll be like, she's very good about tricking you into thinking what she wants you to think going in. Oh? <laughs> so I don't think you spoiled Burning Maze for me. I think you kept it pretty coy, where you were like, mm, yeah, people talk about this book a lot, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's fine. Um... Well, this time we're not nearly that far in to everything. We're still no. only on book four. Yep. My goodness. Ray, tell us what happened in this freaking chapter. Right, I'll do. Okay, so this is The Council Gets Cloven. Uh, I'm calling it Everybody Gets a Lot Cooler About Some Things All of a Sudden. But we start out here <laughs> yeah. with uh, our campers are having a funeral for the fallen including Lee Fletcher and Casker, Dionysus' son. Um, you know, that character that's just been named now? I'm sad um, about it personally, but... He wasn't <laughs> named before this chapter? No, they were. They were. I remember. They were mentioned. It's were like they? They, were, they were on, like, a list at some point. I swear this happened. Percy says he didn't know the names, which makes me think that they weren't that yeah. before now. They, they definitely said, like, Dionysus kids, but I don't think they said their names. Oh, Emily, be fact-checking. <laughs> Well, I'm looking at it, and I guess you're right, it does say that. Hmm. Okay, maybe I just don't remember things. Which, you know, we all get we've learned. It happens. It's okay. Um, um, the Council of Quilvern Elders are predictably acting like dicks, and they try to exile Grover, but Dionysus gets home and vouches for him. Um, in an unexpected turn, Grover ends up being a really great leader, so that's good. Um, Yay! Prairies leaves to head off for Poseidon's Forges, but Tyson decides to stay on the land this year. Um, Nico is feeling isolated and depressed, and we all decide that that's fine, and he leaves camp to go do some research. <laughs> I don't think it's fine. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Percy thinks that's mostly fine. I'm also, once again, upset. Well, fuck him! Alright, uh... Dionysus admits that Percy has been mildly competent this book, and he shows Percy that he healed Chris Rodriguez's brain, and I'm not sure if that's how it works, but okay. Thank you, Dionysus. Dionysus can just, he's just like trauma be gone. <laughs> like, that's it. That's his power. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He's like the god of yeah, madness, and just like, so, you know. W what does that do to your brain? Like, do you forget the things that traumatized you? Does Is it like a speed run of therapy? Right. Like... <laughs> They had a really good therapy session, actually. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, Listen, I I have my whole thing. Um, before later books came out and things were 
you know, uh, said, I'm like, Dionysus may be the therapy god because he's he's the god of madness. He's the god of mental health and Apollo's the god of physical health. Right. You would that- want it to work that way, but I don't think that this Dionysus would be a good therapist. I don't... <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, not maybe in this part of his life, um, where he's the one who's depressed I don't depressed think in any part of his life. I, I don't know. I will say before, uh, I went on a bit of a deep dive on that Dionysus epic uh, Wikipedia page before this. Amazing. <laughs> oh my god, it's zany. Bro, bro. Uh... You should listen to, like, an earlier episode of the pod where I first talked about Dionysus, and that's what I did. I just was like, Dionysus, you're like 15 different gods all mashed together. What is happening here? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's I, I was like, wow, I didn't know someone could write something worse than the Aeneid. <laughs> yeah, here it is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throwing shade. Remember that time that Dionysus invaded India? We just, we like to forget about that. It's it's bananas because, like, at that, like, again, they keep doing this. This is, like, the recurring theme in, like, ancient Greek literature where they're, like, um, they, they use, like, you know, foreign, typically people um, from more Eastern cultures, like, represent, like, Mm-hmm. it's just like very problematic and so like at the point it was written this is like the fall of the western roman empire and the byzantine empire it was either written when they're starting to reclaim all of their old heritage or before when everything was just a dumpster fire and they were like let's make ourselves feel better by remembering the glory days mm-hmm. in which we went and colonized Woo! <laughs> and we all know Yay. how great it is to remember the good old days uh, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. I I personally like to view Dionysus as like um he he's that bartender who will just like listen to your problems kind of therapist. That's that that's that's how it goes for me. It's like right. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. World War Two era therapist. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. That's what he was doing. Yeah, while everybody else was, like, fighting, he was just like, I'm just gonna, like, sit here and let the soldiers talk to me and tell me their problems. Okay, well, we're gonna talk about uh, the planned myth section, um, although I'm pretty sure Emily's gonna go off on multiple tangents. Um, I don't have that much to say about this one. Like, honestly. Oh, I have things to say. Okay. (laughs) I have things to say that aren't planned for my myth section, so... (laughs) Okay, well, we're gonna do the thing in case you missed it. But um, so I'm talking about Castor and Pollux. The they they're they're people in mythology. Did you know this? Everybody's a fucking little guy. (laughs) They are all little guys to me. All right, all right. Already we have like multiple names for them. This is this is the Gemini. They are the twins that we all know and love. Um, Emily, feel free to like just jump in here when I'm just like going <laughs> off because maybe you know more things than me. Um, I know aggressively medium things. Um, beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, you know the the trope of like the one twin dying. Um, that's where this that that's where this is where it comes from. Um. <laughs> <laughs> blame these two fucking guys <laughs> it's all their faults um so pollux is also called polydukes duques that 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 name yeah um, the um pollux is like the latin version of his name yeah that's like his nickname i'm gonna say <laughs> 
<laughs> if you want to just be quick about it. The Latin or the, the Greek? <laughs> the the shorter one, Pollux. I feel like that's the nickname, right? Well, yeah. it's like, so Polyadukes is just like a very Greek, like they it just is. shortened it to Pollux because... Um, there's also like an address. Okay, so we got a lot of um the the al- the Greek alphabet, for example, like came from sorry the Roman alphabet came from Greece via the Etruscans, and the Etruscans also have a version of this story where his name was like shorter. So I think it came from the Etruscans, mm-hmm. which would have come from the Greeks originally, probably. Question mark. So you say you know middling things, and yet you know more than me still. So. I just love the Etruscans. <laughs> They're great. Anytime they come up, I'm like, woo! <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so we also call them the the Dioscori, like, together, that's what they are. But they're also the Casters, even though only one of them is named Caster. Um, the Tin- Tindar- my goodness, can I not say words? Tindaridae. Um, okay, that's because of their dad, right? Tindarius? Yeah. 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 Although it's only one of them's dad, because A, this is also one of my other favorite tropes um, in mythology, where you have twins, but one of them is the child of a god, usually Zeus, and the other one is the child of the mortal guy. You know, the guy getting fucked. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like this is a trope that Rick should have used. He hasn't used this one yet, where it's like, you got one half-blood, and then one not half-blood. I feel like he has enough things that he has to explain about these people's family trees, and he doesn't want to complicate it any more than he has to. But that would be so cool if you have a series like that where, like, the main characters is, like, these two twins, and one of them's like, I'm not actually a (laughs) half-blood, but I'm here because that's my twin (laughs) over there. I would love this. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Like, have you seriously? read um, uh, Magic for Liars? I have not. What is this? Oh, it's such a good book. It's um, it's by Sarah Gailey, and it it has very little to do with anything. Um, but uh, except for the fact that the protagonist, it's like a murder mystery set at like a magic school, but the protagonist is the sister of one of the faculty members who was born without magic, but she's a PI and knows magic exists, so they hire her to come in. Oh. To investigate the murder. That's fun. Oh, that's so cool. It's also pretty gay. It's a great <laughs> book. Ten out of ten. <laughs> hey, if it's gay, then it's but good. It's, it's such a fun book, like a fun idea. I don't know. It, it explores this a lot in a fun way, so I, I like it a lot. It's it's adult yeah. though, by the way. It's not a kids book. <laughs> this is fine. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay. So. So Tyndarius is the mortal dad, and then Zeus is the the non mortal dad. Um. And then their mom is Lita, because, yeah, this is uh, part of that um, swan thing. Yeah. I'm I'm so confused if, um, were, were they born, they would have been born before Helen and Clytemnestra, right? I think there's a few different uh, origin ideas, but I think the idea is that, the way it works in my brain is it's like two sets of fraternal twins, so you get Helen yeah. and... Pollux are like the immortal ones, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. and they're fraternal twins. And then Clytemnestra and Castor are the mortal ones, and they're like another set. And like they're mm. and like it's it's like they're all supposed to have been born from an egg or or from eggs, or at least like cast or at least some Pollux and Helen are supposed to be born from eggs. So it's like Helen and Pollux are the children of Zeus, and the opposite. But like, explain how that works. Yeah, um, Don't I just I just thought like <laughs> I always thought that Castor and Pollux were supposed to be older 
Then Helen and Clytemnestra 2. So I don't know. Also another version. Again, they probably couldn't make up their minds because I feel like every ancient author was like, how do I make this make sense? It doesn't. Hmm. That's the the thing. It doesn't really make sense. So so these two are the older brothers of Helen of Troy. Um, if you caught that. Yes, it's it's part of the Zeus turning into a swan thing. It's yeah. it's it's wonderful. You ever just turn into a swan and like fuck a lady? No. No, actually I don't. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like I don't really understand the whole like polymorph animal and then like having children thing. Like that's Yeah. That <sighs> happens sometimes though. It happens a lot in Greek mythology. Like there's a lot. It's just it's just it it just is a lot, I think. <laughs> just like why? My favorite are the snake ones though, because I'm just like, how? Oh my god. Make it we make sense. We can't get into this. We we can ask for this. I will say like someone it. will tell us. Here's a fun fact though, speaking of the Byzantines, uh the uh Emperor Byzantine Emperor Justinian married a, it appears to be a love match between him and, like, basically an exotic dancer named Theodora. Mm-hmm. Power couple. Amazing. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Obsessed with this. them. But Theodora was most famous for an act she did called Lita and the Swan, where she would, like, cover herself. Like, it was, like, a whole thing she did. Like, she was known for it. Okay. That's <laughs> great. Um, uh, I'm just gonna move on. Um. <laughs> I mean, well, we hear that, but, like, our main, like, sources on Theodora are this one guy who despised her, and he, like, wrote, like, a tell-all hmm. book being, like, this is the Daily Mail before the Daily Mail of oh Theodora's gosh. life. Wow. Um, which is, I mean, can you imagine if, like, that's, like, all history knows about you? <laughs> Crazy stuff. <laughs> um, Wild. Yeah. Love her. Um, we stand. <laughs> well, um, onto these chaotic twins. Okay, so, so very weird stuff, um... What? There's so many pictures of them with horses. These are horse girls, actually. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, apparently like the Indo-European origin yeah. of the like trope. There's a. Um, I'm saying this like I know this off the top of my head. I don't. I looked it up, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, because uh, there's the the whole like thing about the twins mm-hmm. and also like the horses and they're like patrons of travelers and sailors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's you see them in Rome thing. all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They apparently had a cult in Rome. Which is fun. And they kind of became like a war battle god situation, too. Good for them. Yeah. They really had a good (laughs) career, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about what they actually did. Um, They, ooh, they participated in the Caledonian boar hunt. They were Argonauts. And you remember that time that Helen was um, abducted by Theseus when she was, like, a small child? They rescued her. Um, This is is why brothers. (laughs) Brothers for the win. Yeah, that's why I think that they might have been her big brothers. Like, what What are these, like, 10-year-olds going to save yeah. their other 10-year-old sister? Isn't it so much more fun to imagine if it's 10-year-olds going to save 10-year-olds? <laughs> I mean, that's a very Percy Jackson I mean, that's, I was going to say, that's right. one year off from Lightning Thief Percy. Like, this could happen. <laughs> yeah, I want to imagine these chaotic 10-year-olds um, just going at it. But also, it's a very dark story, because... Uh, mm. Helen and Theseus. He's an he's an old man. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Helen has had a pretty tough life, honestly. He- Helen deserved better. Helen did nothing wrong. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love her. Okay, so do 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 do. These men um wanted to marry the daughters of the white horse because, of course, they're obsessed with fucking horses. 
Um, not obsessed with fucking horses, God. Don't wow. let, don't let me speak ever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we don't know their life. We don't know. It's true. We don't know their life. Maybe they're actually the fathers of some centaurs out there. We're very happy. <laughs> I'm making fan fiction about these Greek figures. It's great. Mm, okay, so oh, okay, so the women are already like betrothed to people. This is fine. Um, that I don't think that's gonna go well for them. No, yeah. Da 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 da. There's a lot of shit about this. We already talked about the Roman stuff, but hey, here it is at the bottom. They're there. They were in Pompeii. <laughs> well, there's, there's a little there's a little picture of them in in Pompeii. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, okay. Random thing that I'm seeing here. Polly Duques was maybe a lover of Hermes. Um, yeah. That's that's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I like hearing that Hermes was also, like, a chaotic pansexual. Um, they all are. As, as it should be. I feel like I just all never... All of them. I never really thought of him that way, but I'm just like, you know what, he gets around. Like, literally gets around. He's <laughs> the god of travelers. Mm-hmm. Just all over the place. So, how this story goes is that uh, one of them dies. Yeah. Yeah, so sad. Because one of them is immortal because he's a demigod. How that works, no clue. But it just it just is. And so... He gives up half his immortality so they can live in the stars and that, shit. Hmm. That's why they're That sounds like some constellation shit. Like if you're immortal and you live forever, <laughs> which is infinity, and half of infinity is still infinity. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. That it's seems fine. like a hack. Like <laughs> Well, it's more like, from what I read, they split, like, well, there's a few different versions, though, I think. Like, there's one yeah. where it's every other day, so they never get to, like, see each other again, but they, like, split, like, every other day. Oh, one God. Oh, that's so, so fucking sad. sad. <laughs> and then there's another version where, um, like, uh, it's, they're, it's not that they're mortal and they split their, like, it's like they split their time specifically between like Mount Olympus and the underworld. So they're not like alive on Earth. It's like they're right. between so the underworld and, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, but we think in like, I say we, like it, the, it, the oldest versions and like mentionings of them are in Homer though, where it seems like they are both mortal. And again, it's like a whole tragedy thing. Because um, there's this like really iconic scene where it's the first time you get to see Helen in the Iliad, where she's staring down at all of the people fighting, and um, Priam, the king of Troy, is like, "Oh, Helen, like, can you point out like who all these people are?" And so she's telling them like, "Oh, that's Menelaus, that's Agamemnon, that's like all of these people," and like talking about their past deeds. And then she's like looking out, and she's trying to find her brothers. And she's like, I don't see them. I wonder where they are. They must not have come to Troy. And then in the narration, it says, but she didn't know they were already dead. That's so fucking sad. Because <laughs> they died before they went. They never made it to Troy. They died before in that version. Well, yeah. um, I was going to say the... Homer hits different. This is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes Homer did things pretty good, actually. Homer is like, ugh. Like, <laughs> what I was gonna say about the whole like one of them being like uh, alive, but like they're they're alive at different times thing. That just reminds me of a Once Upon a Time plot line <laughs> where they were where they were sharing the sleeping curse, and so they mm. would kiss, 
And then like one of them would be awake and then the other would be asleep and then they just like oh, they just no. like swap <laughs> so that one of them would be sleeping and then one of them would be awake. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um That I, sounds really fun. It got solved very easily <laughs> and weirdly. <laughs> There is one line on this Wikipedia page that I want to point out because I love oh. when Wikipedia pages have random uh, little bits of poetry. <laughs> um, it says, Castor and Pollux are sometimes both mortal, sometimes both divine. One consistent point is that if only one of them is immortal, it is Pollux. Like, the inevitability of that, that if one of them is going to die without the other, it will always be Castor. Mm-hmm. It's like in every iteration, even even here in Percy Jackson. Why did you say <laughs> Spoilers. that? Spoilers. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> and so it does seem that uh that the weird um who they were trying to marry things what ended up killing the one guy but again i'm not gonna go into that because we have a chapter to talk hey, about whose who's right fucking idea was it to name their kids castor and pollux in the modern era Don't Dionysus, <laughs> apparently. doesn't he know I, I don't know there is maybe it was his uh his girlfriend's yes. fault that's um, that's what i'm wondering I mean, you have twins. They're uh-huh. demigods. You're looking up baby <laughs> names. It happens. Apollo and Artemis. It's right there. <laughs> he's not going to name them after his brother and sister. Oh, wait, I don't he think did. he's the one that's naming them. <laughs> I mean, like, listen. Well, I was yeah. going to say, there's like, there needs to be a whole club, right, of the moms who have named their kids after Greek heroes in this series. Um... And I was like, Jason, that's a choice. And I was like, well, that's, you know, okay, fine. That's like a name right, people right. have that's not like necessarily mythology. I mean, I think there also just needs to be a parents um, support group, like parents of demigod support group slash um, ex-lovers right, of God like support group. <laughs> like, <laughs> like both I of these things need to be addressed and they need to like all chat about it. My girl Sally Jackson like is the only one who had the right idea, which is that I'm going to look up the one hero who doesn't have a, a horrific ending <laughs> so that I won't lay my son with the poetic curse. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, here's a question. If, if you met a god and had a kid with the god by whatever means, though, like, what would you name that kid? I would not name that kid Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What's wrong with Stacy? You know what I mean. You'd be like, "Listen, but Stacy's mom has got it going on." I need to. I need people to know this on some level that mm. this happens because I'm hot. <laughs> hot it's stuff. like Zeus Junior. <laughs> so that you know he's the second. <laughs> Zeus Junior. Actually, you know what? Naming your kid Dion is that that could work. Dion it means mm. the genitive form of Zeus in Greek. It's also the name of the archaeological site that's around Mount Olympus. Yeah, and then there's the the goddess. It's is it Dion as well? Um, that's sometimes the mother of Aphrodite. Um, oh my goodness, gonna mm, say I'm a history expert, not a myth. Well, I'm not even really an expert. I'm a history person, not a myth person. Linguistics. Um, I just like really weird stories. Um, that don't make any sense, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> Actually, that name, the Dios, the Dioscuri, that's the Latinization of it, but it's uh, Dioscuri, Dioscuri, if you're pronouncing it ancient instead of modern Greek. That means, like, two sons. Sons of Zeus, like, sons of the sky god. I think I just need you to be, like, the, the person who says things for me, because I can't pronounce Greek names <laughs> for the life of me at all times. 
I've noticed this is a trend whenever like I'm talking like when we are on, on our podcast or like on like whenever I guess people like will say a name and then just look at me and I'm like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> did I say all right? of you to assume I can read um, <laughs> um there's like multiple ways to pronounce it though because there's like the English version of it there's the like modern Greek version of it and the ancient Greek version of it and it's like who cares <laughs> I'll just go with Gemini. <laughs> That's one. That one's harder to fuck up, I think. Yeah. Okay. So let's get this cl- council cloven now. Um. Uh. We've been trying to rename these chapters as well because we need more bits in this podcast. Um, we really don't. We really don't. <laughs> um. I think we could we could name it. Um. All my friends are dead, but actually, none of Percy's friends are dead right. because. <laughs> <laughs> we we've had Lee Fletcher named once before this. I really thought Lee I Fletcher was gonna be like more of a character. I I know his name so well. I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was too. For some reason, I thought he appeared more in he's this. He's like book. an iconic guy who lives at camp, and now he's just unceremoniously dead. So that's cool. Bye. Poor guy. Barely knew you. And then uh, Caster, whose name we just learned, um, he's also dead. So wait, so Lee Lee was de- Lee was killed by a giant's club, and Caster was uh, killed by an enemy half blood. Yikes! Yikes! What what are those other half bloods committed a murder? <laughs> They're yeah. probably like fourteen. I mean, they kill monsters, but oh god! Imagine if it was like a ten year old who just like <laughs> <laughs> killed this like seventeen year olds. <laughs> I just, like, keep imagining all these monsters that, like, face down 12-year-old Percy Jackson, and we're like, oh my god, no, he's 12, I'm thousands of years old, why? <laughs> a single rogue 12-year-old with a half-baked plan. It's the, it's the who would win. <laughs> a thousand, thousands of years old uh, monster with, like, claws and, and shit. And a 12-year-old whose entire plan is just, look over there! And then... And then to cut off your head and, and then steal slice. Your money. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time Percy Jackson killed a monster who ran a business and then stole all of their money afterwards, I would have two nickels. <laughs> Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice in The Lightning Thief. <laughs> in that one book specifically, he kills Medusa and Procrustes in the same way. And reads way, their basically. cash registers. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. That book was just like, yeah, fuck capitalism, actually. We're gonna kill those people and steal them. <laughs> okay, generally we support small business owners, though. Just not when they're, you know, horrific monsters throwing <laughs> people in. Where is, where is the fic? Where's the art? Phoebe, where's the art of Percy being the one who's unionizing the orcas right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Has you not been, has it, am I the only one that's following this? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, look this up. It's no. Oh my gosh. Okay, right now, as we speak, a bunch of orcas in a specific pod have figured out how to capsize ships oh, and have I been doing it and teaching each other how oh to do gosh. it. And they're spreading. <laughs> they're unionizing. Oh my god, that is Percy. Percy's the one who did this. Well, I don't want to give Percy the credit. I want to give the orcas the credit, but I feel like Percy, like, found out is, like, helping them out. He's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I won't cross this picket line. Um, Hell yeah. I, oh my gosh. I, yeah, whatever, ha- I, I don't, I don't know what happened, but the orcas are right. I stand with the orcas. 
I don't know what that shit do that ship did wrong, but like fuck them, I guess. <laughs> but it's like I love like oh man, like overfishing. The orcas are fine. They finally had enough. The orcas strike back. Oh, the orcas God. were like the humans can't regulate themselves. A hero must come from among <laughs> us. Oh my god. So Percy Jacks. So back to our incredibly <laughs> depressing chapter. They have to treat all their wounded, yeah. which was almost yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Chiron's actually in the wheelchair um, and using it like it was intended. <laughs> yeah, his leg is actually um, broken today. Great. He he actually has a use for it. I'm so glad. Um, uh, and then we gotta we gotta talk about this fucking satyrs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. I think it's funny that this this kind of becomes a pissing contest between Silenus and Dionysus. Um, I love it so much. Do, do we Thank remember? You, Dionysus. Do you remember who Silenus is? That's Dionysus is uh, the guy who raised him slash maybe his boyfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, he's that guy, like an attendant, I guess. Yeah. So this is just like. It just has a few levels of like, oh, oh. I didn't even think about them having history. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, I just like saw the name like, oh, interesting. Rick, what are you doing here? <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, did they come with Dionysus, like all the satyrs? Or was this like already happening? Like, what? How, how did, what's the timeline here, you know? I mean, because Dionysus has only been in charge of Camp Half-Life for like, well, he's supposed to be there for 100 years, which is not up yet. That would explain, though, like, why they work at Camp Half-Blood is that literally they just are here because of Dionysus. Because I've always wondered that. But then why are why are the satyrs all seekers? Like, did that start with the Dionysus No, thing, I'd assume that that's that, their like, own, pre- like, like, thing that they're doing. Yeah, that's their pan stuff. Or not, sorry, not the seekers. I meant um, going oh, into schools right. and, like, oh, finding that? kids. I feel like that was just, like, a thing that they did. I don't know. I feel like that's before Dionysus. I, I'm just, I in my head, I'm crafting, like, oh, Silenus and, like, Dionysus haven't, like, spoken in a while before Dionysus comes to Camp Half-Blood. The satyrs have been doing their own shit. They've been looking for Pan. They've been taking care of Half-Bloods. And now these two are just, like, no longer bros. And it's awkward. But they're co-workers. <laughs> Yeah, we're just, like, ghost someone, and then suddenly you're working together. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's that's the vibes. Um, <laughs> that's why they're not in agreement right now. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So we talk about Panic, which uh, I technically mentioned last episode. That was our myth section, because that, that was the only thing that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> was Grover in the Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, the new band name, Grover in the Panic. Mm. <laughs> So he summoned this, like, uh, cool pan power, and everyone's like, nah, pan's still alive. We don't believe you. Mostly just silliness, but the the other satyrs are, like, murmuring agreement. Because nobody wants to think that the god they've been searching for for thousands of years is dead. This is is just Order of the Phoenix right now. (laughs) Oh my god. Why did I just realize that? This is this is just like mm, no, Voldemort's not back. Actually, um, Pan is not dead. No, we're not gonna believe you, person who saw the thing happen. <laughs> Classic. Actually, mm-hmm. guys, guys, this is why you have like the the searchers, the whatever they're called. Yeah, is so you can figure out what happened to Pan, and somebody found out, but you don't believe him. They don't like the answer, so they're just gonna you know pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys could have gone here and looked yourself. (laughs) I'm sure they did, but you know they didn't want to get murdered by Polyphemus Hmm. and then the labyrinth. 
It's fine. So Silenus calls for a vote, and that's when Dionysus strides up, and he's wearing a formal black suit, which is not his general vibe. Uh, well, he's just been to, like, a council, right? Of the gods? Well, I, I'm assuming um, more that, yeah, it might be his formal wear for having been meeting with people, but I was kind of thinking that his son just died, and this is maybe his, like, mourning outfit. That too. Yeah. I think like Poseidon rocks up to the God Council and like Tommy Bahama shorts. So I think <laughs> yeah. I, this feels more like funeral attire. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So so Dionysus shows up late to the party, fashionably late because that's who oh, he is. He uh, created parties. It says here that his eyes were bloodshot as usual and his face was flushed, but it looked like it was grief more than wine withdrawal. And I'm like, oh, that that hurts a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, he makes himself a throne of grapevines, so on point, we love it, and then he's just, like, chillin', and the satyrs come to feed him? This man, this man. Right, normally it's so annoying when Dionysus throws his weight around, but this time, you're like, hell yeah, Dionysus, put these assholes in their place! <laughs> like, you needed this. Um, and he asks for Gro- Grover's story once again. Which is great, um, but also tells us uh, that the minor gods have uh, switched yes. to the side of the Titans. The list says Yikes. Uh, Morpheus, Hecate, Janus, and Nemesis have all switched sides, or have... And even Zeus doesn't know how anymore. <laughs> Strike that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says <laughs> Zeus knows, and then Zeus rumbles at him, because he's like, I don't have any fucking idea, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus doesn't know everything, just so you know. <laughs> I love that Zeus doesn't pay attention to like anything. None of you know, pay attention to these kids, nothing. Not as soon as someone's like, Ugh, Zeus, he's like, Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, if you I heard that. You invoke his name, he's gonna listen. Actually. God forbid Percy Jackson gets on a one airplane. <laughs> he will he will find out. <laughs> exactly. Um so we have a vote. Uh, the three satyrs are like, fuck Grover. Uh-huh. Uh, Dionysus and Chiron are like, no, he's right. But actually, Dionysus is a god. Therefore, his his vote counts twice. It's so funny of him. I love this. <laughs> oh my god. So It's interesting, though, how like he just shows up and he's immediately like, yeah, no. Like... I only pretended to give you power and democracy so long as it was actually what I wanted. Ta-ta. I mean, he's a god. Why doesn't he just say, no, actually, I veto this. And um, Grover is like, scot-free. Like, he, he was correct. You guys are wrong. It's more fun to so do it this way. It is. <laughs> Except that they end up dissolving the council anyways, because they can't get past their, their tie. Yeah. Well, Grover's like, well, fuck the council. We don't need them. Um, I can do whatever I want now. So we we love that for him. Grover's, yeah. uh, he becomes a leader of men of of satyrs, um, which I'm mm-hmm. like, you're you're such Go a maturity jump, my boy. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I I think that this whole pan interaction has hit him very hard, but he's he's dividing satyrs into groups to send them to parks and wild places. Uh, he he's reminding them of the words of pan. He's doing great. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, Annabeth points out that how much Grover's grown up now. I feel like now that the endless search for pan is over and he's like no longer seeking constantly. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I was having like big thoughts while reading this part <laughs> because I feel like it sort of speaks to some of the themes uh, that we see coming from the Titan cause with Luke like constantly looking to the past for answers mm -hmm. and trying and failing to bring this like ancient being back. Like here, Grover has finally given up on looking to this ancient and long dead or missing god like Luke is and is finally looking to the future and like how can we fix this ourselves? which is something that Luke hasn't figured out yet. Like, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's, I, I feel like there's a reason that Pan's death was put like back to back with Kronos coming back because it was like two sides of that coin of either letting go and looking to the future and actually doing something mm -hmm. to create change or going to the extremes to bring back something that should be uh, long dead at this point <laughs> because you can't see a way forward that isn't yeah, going backwards. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah, absolutely. And when when we had our pan chapter, I went over like the, um, instead of doing a myth, I talked about Kings Under the Mountain because I was just like, that's what this trope is with Kronos and Pan. It's just like, mm. it's, it's the person who's like uh, in a sleep quote unquote that's like gonna like come back and like either save the world or destroy it or something but then pan is just like nah i'm not gonna because i want to die can i just please die now <laughs> it's it's been a while he needs to rest yeah there's an interesting thing i think we talked a little bit about on our episode too where uh, according to rick's dating and also some theories about like where pan's origin is that like um basically like when rick says he first announced like the great god pan is dead like three thousand years ago which roughly coincides with like the bronze age collapse hmm. which is also when like the people we know of as the ancient greeks officially kind of took over greece and the mediterranean and like kind of began the west in this world in a way hmm. at least in rick's chronology so it's, it's a lot of cool stuff there hmm. right so like the west and the wild are like naturally opposed that's very interesting yeah. I mean, civilization versus the wilds. Makes sense. Mm. Okay. Well, now we have Tyson's little ending here. Um, do we love Brary's just building a sandcastle and just, like, not even paying attention? Yeah. He's doing great. This, yeah. This man is just, like, so many levels of ADHD <laughs> that I, I just love so much. I mean, much. like, if you had, what, like, 100 hands and then also, like, what 50 faces or 10 faces i forget how many like what I think would you be 50. doing yeah like what would you be doing i mean playing in the sand for sure <laughs> <laughs> exactly doing a sandcastle contest with just yourself like you beat yourself you yeah. must have like a lot yeah. of brain power to have like coordination for all 50 of those hands mm -hmm. this man 400 sorry power to him <laughs> yeah so Tyson's giving him directions. He's drawing him a map. Um, Very it's good. So good. Barry's is gonna go help the Cyclops and show them some cool shit. And now he won't have to be lonely. Yay, friends! I'm I'm very happy for him. But, also, but I guess Tyson's gonna stay here at least for a little bit. So yay! He he. Barry's go throws good rocks. That's what that's what is important here. <laughs> um, do 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 do. So we have dinner. And then Nico was just like being the edgy kid in the corner. Um Right. What 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 irks me okay, okay. So Nico has been offered places to sit. He could sit at Hermes table or he could sit at the head table, but he has refused both of those because he does not feel like he belongs in either of those places. There isn't really a space for him here. Like 
and that hmm, <laughs> that is something that that I relate to. That is like hyper childhood mm-hmm. depression. <laughs> I mean. Uh, I also made a meme of this like a while back, but um, this just gives me Meet the Robinsons vibes. Um, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? They all hate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's Nico's vibe. Everybody's like, "Hey, yeah, come be our friends," and he's just like, "But they aren't really so being like that. They they're trying." But everybody does look at him weird and feel weird about him. Like the thing is that he's not wrong. <laughs> He's not totally wrong, but also the problem is that camp doesn't currently have a system that works with Nico. Mm-hmm. So it's not the camper's fault. Yeah. And I mean, there's like a whole like, I mean, I think almost every culture has a stigma with talking about death, but there's like a whole thing mm-hmm. where like they wouldn't even say the name of Hades in mm-hmm. a lot of like. He was just like the Greek dark Zeus or said. something. Yeah, he had a bunch of like epithets that they call him. My favorite being Cronione, purely because it kind of, re- <laughs> there was this one time. <laughs> It just means the son of Kronos, right? It does. That's yeah, so Cronioni. But there's this, there's this one time I was going insane during like finals week, translating the hymn to Demeter, and it kept referring to Hades uh, as Cronioni, and I would just be sitting there in my brain, like thinking about that SpongeBob episode, like Cronioni, Cronioni, <laughs> the formula. <laughs> and now I can't look at that without like thinking about it. So. <laughs> Oh my god. These are the things that keep you sane when you study Greek, because Greek is insane. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the grad student when we were translating Socrates, who just burst out laughing in the middle of class. We were like, what's so funny? And she was like, every time he says ego lego, which means, like, I say, <laughs> it, he, she just was like, I just keep thinking lego my ego. Yeah. I knew that was yeah. coming. <laughs> oh my god. That's beautiful. Yeah, the things you have to do to stay sane. A lot. Yeah. A lot, apparently. <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah. So our boy, um, the the Hot Cronioni, Topic yeah. model, is just, like, in the corner. Um, <laughs> he's just like, mm, I, I have to stand in the shadows and be a little creep because that's who he is. <laughs> and I love him. This is this is our brother Phoebe. This is our brother. Mm-hmm. We're we're children of Hades. Um, how do how do we feel about this? Just like being in the shadows all the time. Do you vibe? I mean, I don't try to do it, but I do catch myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it happens. Mm-hmm. So Nico actually talks to Bianca. Right, he slips out. So yeah, summons her. Yeah. So this has got to be like the last time that we see her. Wow. Um, but she doesn't see Percy or anything. She just, like, fades basically immediately. Um, yeah. And Percy's like, you could have sat with me at dinner. Come on. Why are you missing meals, dude? You gotta hang out with us. Please feed yourself. Percy's- I beg you. telling Nico what his options are at camp, because in Percy's brain, you're a half-blood, you stay at camp. And Nico has already decided that he's not gonna be doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. He, well, didn't he say in a previous chapter, I'm going to train with the dead or something? Well, yeah, or, he's right that's, here. Or is that, that here? Is that here? Okay. Or he says, you need to Listen. train, and Nico says, I train with the dead. I just remember him saying that somewhere. Uh, My brain is just Percy Jackson all the time. Um, 
So, yeah, very yeah, easy. It makes me think, like, again, you know, the, the pact between the big three is only, what, like, since the 1940s? Like, what, what happened before that? Like, what were the children of Hades doing? Oh, they probably still wouldn't have had a cabin, because, like, yeah. it's the 12 Olympians. Like, what were, they, what were they doing? Wandering around, dying, being edgy, I, I guess, probably. <laughs> I guess they were like, oh, wow, so weird. Wonder why the children of Hades are always the villains when we uh-huh. exclude them. Yeah, it's a social mm. system that's explicitly failing them. On an institutional <laughs> level. <laughs> weird. Wild. That's crazy. <laughs> I think they were all chilling with um with Zagreus, actually, and trying to escape the underworlds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This that's is like a Hades reference. Well, I was going to say, that's like the Darth <laughs> version of uh, Camp Half-Blood, right? Because Zagreus is Dionysus. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> oh, is. Shit. It's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the dark timeline. That's the, I don't know the comic book term for it, but the, what, I'm sure there is one. Where it's like the, the dark alternate timeline or whatever. The like alternate universe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, I think. Imagine <laughs> that Camp Half-Blood in the underworld actually and Zagreus is the teacher. Um, he would do a much better job. <laughs> he would. Listen, Rick, we... why why don't you have Zagreus in your books now? Come on, Hades is really popular. Everyone knows who he is now. You gotta bring him in. Come on. Mm. You, you won't stop writing these books. <laughs> He's gotta bring Zagreus in. Maybe that'll be the next one. Maybe they'll, like, do a deal. Yeah, and then we find out that Nico has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what? What the fuck are you? Well, yeah. brother! Yeah, hey! yeah. Would you rather We're talking about the video game. (laughs) Would you rather the Zeus and Persephone version? Would you rather that one? No. Well, that whole thing's just weird. It's weird. The orphism stuff. Like that is just it's just weird. It's weird stuff. Orphism is a fun time, and Hades is basically a love letter to Orphism. It's like (laughs) Yeah, which is fun, you know. We love a good Orpheus cult. But like well it's not really an Orpheus cult. We live a Dionysus cult. Yeah. We love, like, whoever in, like, the Hellenistic period was like, I found the lost works of Orpheus. (laughs) Listen, my favorite part in the Hades game is when um, Zagreus and Dionysus pull a trick on Orpheus, and they're like, actually, we're the same person, didn't you know? Um, And so Orpheus makes a whole song about that. Yeah, that's that's just... This is the part where I have to tell you, I I have not played this game. I... I, I'm I'm explaining it to you, so... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Go listen to the song, and you'll be like, oh, this is just orphism. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all How's it, it is. Oh, which, which song is Charlie it on the album? still hasn't listened to Hadestown. It's a crime. Yo, no, you you need you need to come to it. <laughs> listen! You don't far. You yeah, you're not it. that far. <laughs> come yeah. over. Charlie, do it for me. <laughs> I can't. I'm oh, trapped so over here good. in the Midwest. <laughs> How dare you? There's a tour, too. I bet it's coming to Boston. Eventually, maybe. I'll have to find out when. Okay, the song was the hymn to Zagreus. Yeah. I, I, I do jam out to it. Okay. So Percy checks it. All right. <laughs> I mean, if we want to keep talking about the conversation with Nico, I had a thought while reading it. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Which is... Uh, oh, hang on. Let me <laughs> collect it. Oh, the thought's gone. <laughs> no. um, I feel like with Percy, like, continuously trying to be like, oh, well, Nico, you have a, a place here for sure. Just stay and Nico rejecting him. I feel like that's such an essential moment, even if Percy isn't realizing it. 
that like Nico isn't just, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember what Percy actually says that Nico's going off to do here, but it's like, oh, he has to find his own path, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to have a place at camp, which he, Percy might not totally recognize at this point, but I feel like we, the reader at this point have to recognize because like Nico doesn't have a cabin. He doesn't feel like he belongs. And after like in this chapter, watching Grover make a change and Tyson actually like lead Briaris to help. And then it's like, but they all have, and like, even supports. after, after this point, when we have like, we find out that Dionysus helped Chris, mm-hmm. then you're left with this like non help that Percy <laughs> offers Nico. And it's like, well, what can you do? It like, it hammers home that like, what are you going to do about it, Percy? Because that's, this is a non answer. I, yeah. I'm wondering if Rick knows at this point that, that he needs to do something about Nico or if that's something that like comes to him later. Cause, because Percy seems to very much accept the status quo here. He, he, what it, what it says is that I wanted to argue, but part of me knew he was right. I didn't like it, but Nico would have to find his own dark way. Uh, That's so emo. Yeah, I, I definitely think that Rick is on Percy's side at this point. (laughs) But I mean, the story that he's crafting is doing the opposite of what he's (laughs) intending at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and then he also mentions, we've already talked about it, but Pan didn't talk to Nico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because nobody wants to talk to the death boy. Oops. We're just leaving a lot of it, like, open-ended with, like, nothing feels finished right. with Nico. And clearly there are plans. You know, he's talking about how he's going to go out and try to find out more about his past. Up. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he does need to Which do that, that is important that he find out. Like, that, I do think he should go out and But he needs some that. help. Like, who is that lawyer guy? <laughs> who who did get them out of the He needs hotel? a support system uh-huh. back home. He needs any kind of support <laughs> that what... anyone will offer him. And Percy yeah. is trying. That That is true. He tries, yeah. but he does it by trying to bring him back to, like, you know, his childhood with by giving him, like, the mythomagic statue and trying to, like, get him back, like, be a kid. And I think that's he where he child. goes wrong. He is a child, and I think, like, the adult um, take on this is doing this, but, like, I think it's not what Nico needs. Like, Nico needs it, but Nico, I think, doesn't want to acknowledge he needs it, so it was the wrong approach. I feel like it's the wrong approach because he's encouraging him to be what he once was instead of, like, acknowledging that he's completely, he can't return to what he was before and can't return to camp and be excited like he was when he was a kid and, like... (laughs) It's more that he needs to, like, accept both parts of himself. Yes, that's where I'm at, more like. Like, Nico has changed and become a different and more mature person, but that person needs to accept that he can still feel joy and, like, care about things Mm -hmm. that just for the sake of caring about them. Like, Mm -hmm. he still knows how much- Right, but focusing solely on that- but focusing solely on that, like Percy does here, isn't going to work. I, yeah, I'm not sure if that's what Percy does. I, I, I don't know if I agree because he, I don't know, he doesn't do a lot for him. But what he says is keep in touch, Nico. Like he, he gives him this thing. It's this, it's this sweet moment. But I don't think that he's like trying to force anything onto him with that. No, I don't. I don't think that I, either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How to articulate how I think trying. it's just the solutions that he's I think the solutions that he's offering Nico Nico was never going to accept okay that that because it's so focused on yeah. like yeah listen Percy yeah. is also a child 
So he doesn't know how to do therapy <laughs> for this small boy. Right. And what is <laughs> yeah. you know, the solution? What is the thing that Nico's going to accept? And maybe that's just Percy saying, keep in touch and letting him go. You know, that's really all that he can do. Yeah, like, at this point, that probably is all that he can do. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a place like cut and clear for Nico to go, maybe he would have stayed. But yeah. there, just dropping that idea in now. <laughs> eh, eh, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we can um, say that as a spoiler when we say it at the beginning of every episode of this podcast. <laughs> the cabins are not spoilers anymore. <laughs> I just It's the only thing. Um yeah, so then we move on to Dionysus. Um and you know, Dionysus and Percy just like chilling for a minute. Okay. okay. This is one of the biggest scenes I remembered from this book. Mm. Like, from when I read it as a kid. Hmm. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. So Dionysus healed um, our boy Chris, Chris Rodriguez, because you have to say both names. Um, <laughs> he's just that one guy in the background who uh, I guess we're pairing off with Clarice. You yeah. guess? They're it's friends. been the whole time, Charlie. Like- They're friends. They're friends. <laughs> They're friends. <laughs> Friendship I exists. I you? They're Listen. both gay. I don't know why we're pushing this agenda. <laughs> now, right? <laughs> what did we say in our Pride episode, Ray? That like Chris is a he/him lesbian yes. and Clary's just... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is fine. Um, we can also have this. <laughs> yeah. So I just adore these scenes with Dionysus where he shows like any ounce of emotional intelligence. I'm like, haha. He's like, yeah. actually, I can be an alright guy at sometimes, but most of the time I don't want to be because I was forced to be here. <laughs> okay, I just feel like no other god at this point has like acted this human yes, with us, yeah, or at right. least like his grief, dressing in black like he's going to a funeral, and like eyes being bloodshot and everything, and just that his whole demeanor feels so much more human than well, literally any other god. I believe it's it's like Rick. It's a Rickism that like Dionysus is like a half blood who got who became yeah, a god. Yeah, referenced in this chapter, so which like reminding yeah. us of that that like he started out as a mortal, and that's probably why he feels so mm-hmm. much closer to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's why it's and like there are versions of his story where that is a thing too. It is okay. Mm-hmm. I can never remember what's a Rickism and what's not <laughs> sometimes. So. A lot of, well, the thing with Rick is, like, he really doesn't make up that much from nowhere. Except Zoe. (laughs) One of my hobbies is being like, where did you get this from? (laughs) And going on a deep dive. (laughs) Now. Same. um, Like, the the, the dates, and I'm like, why why that date? You know, and, but anyway, but, um, yeah, Dionysus, I mean, we've talked, he has, like, his own epic poem that was written, like, in the Byzantine Empire and then he has like other stuff and a bunch of other like he's got a lot going on with the orphism that the like regular he see stuff he's got a lot he's got a lot of options so. and don't forget the frogs um dionysus and frogs <laughs> <laughs> i would not strictly describe that as canon but listen i'm i'm just now realizing dionysus being the non-binary um king that we know and love having a play called the frogs featuring Did we him? talk about the frogs last time i was on I think we this did. Um, Charlie's been listen. Feeling, it's still uh, feelings about it. It's still on my brain because of that Hades two trailer <laughs> having a frog in it, and I'm just like, oh how do I connect this oh, somehow you know to what that mythology? Means? <laughs> you know what that means? They're going to the moon. Ooh, wait, what? <laughs> That's the plot of the frogs. That'd be fun. Well, 
The plot of the frogs is that Dionysus is trying to go back to the underworld to bring Euripides back. Yeah, I knew they were going to the underworlds. But they get so lost that oh. they end up on the moon. <laughs> okay, I forgot that part. I want that in Hades too. Which- I will also say, again, I feel like I need to talk more about, like, the chaotic classics energy of it all, but the first time I heard about, like, this was from um, my one of my Greek teachers who had made that passage one of the, um, you had to take, like, uh, exams to test into certain levels of Greek, and she was just, like, cackling to us, being like, I made that the passage, they'll never get it! <laughs> Because they, like, go to the moon and are picking frogs. And I was like, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think we don't know for sure what the plot of Hades 2 is, but I think it's supposed to be going into the underworld. Maybe. (laughs) So that sounds like it could be perfect, though. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm like, there's a frog here. They said Hades 1 in the underworld, didn't they? So, like... Also, the main know. character does have like moon um things on her. So, oh my like, gosh. this frog mm-hmm. is all important. coming together. This is this yeah, is all that matters to so me. Bad. This frog is very important to me. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. go to the moon. Uh, I think that Dionysus has been chill since uh, his converse- rooftop conversation with Percy in book three, and that he's just like riding on his oh, yeah. reputation of being a dick from like the first two books. <laughs> That that conversation yeah. in book three was very important to me. <laughs> Where, I feel like he still goes out of his way to be like, I'm a dick. I mean, like, what I'm saying to you isn't, but I'm going to do it in a way where I still yeah, come yeah. off, like, He's annoying. He's just like, this is, my, this is the personality I want everyone to know me as, but actually I'm not like that. Yeah. Um, like, I've got a brand, but, I'm going you know. to be dickish He's the about of, it, like, but I theater. am going to help you. I'm the... Yeah. He's the god of drama, literally. <laughs> so yeah. he has to be dramatic. <laughs> That's yeah. why he puts on a show. <laughs> but most of the time here in these books, he's too tired. Um, uh, he says, I yeah. am nice. I simply ooze niceness, Harry Johannesson. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> That's a new name for Percy now. <laughs> no more Peter he's, he's- Johnson. Perry Johannesson. Yeah, he's, you know, he's starting to get into the Norse territory oh here. Oh, oh, Norse, of course. Okay, um, also the fact that he mentions the people of his village laughing at me, um, this is, this is also talking about one of my other favorite Dionysus things, the Bacchae. Mm. Oh my goodness, remember, remember that time that he, like, uh, got, uh, his followers to murder his cousin, um, yeah. in the woods while his cousin was in drag? We love a good murder in the woods. We love it so much. It's the best. It is. Great summer activity. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you do when people are like, "Mm, I don't believe he's a god. I'm not going to worship him. So you're like, I'll make an example out of your king then. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so everybody's happy, except nobody's happy because Nico is who knows where. Where's my son slash brother? Um, I haven't figured that out yet. My brother died this book, so... Uh. That's true! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's fine. Um, there's another one. You know, Pollux is still here. <laughs> wow. Talk about insensitive. <laughs> Let's see what happens to Pollux now that he's a named character. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Named characters always do well in this series. Yeah. 
Yeah, like Lee Fletcher, who was in yeah. two chapters, maybe uh-huh. three. I'm sure Lee's come Listen. up in quite a few times. Like the Stoll brothers are going yeah, strong. Yeah. They're important. We ha- we they always loved book one. They were named book one, right? Like they, you know, they? We, yeah. Okay. It was either book one or two. Yeah. Remember the only uh, named hunter of Artemis, Phoebe, Phoebe? who immediately yeah. gets taken out by the Stoll brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, justice for Phoebe. Um, God, when yeah. we talked about that chapter, I was just like, "This is actually really fucked up." When you know what myth it's ca- taken from, actually, I mean, it was uh-huh. fucked up. Anyways. <laughs> it was fucked up, anyways. But it's even worse. Yeah, yeah. we are almost done with this book. We're clearly wrapping up, which makes me think that something's going to go horribly wrong next chapter. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> well, what is it called? My birthday party takes a dark turn. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even look at the book for that one. Oh my I God. just knew that one off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Because it's an iconic name for a chapter, actually. Yeah. Well, well, my friends, where uh, can the people find you on the internet if you'd like to be found? Um, you can find our podcast, uh, Monster Donut, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we read a book per episode. Um, because they're so, crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get um, that literary analysis. You gotta, yeah, it, yeah, top um, to bottom. <laughs> oh my goodness. Charlie was on our Lost Hero episode, so everyone should go listen to that. Yeah, because um, so- someone needs to give the Lost Hero some love. Um, <laughs> it doesn't it's really deserve be us. it, but like, I, it, it's okay. It's a, it's an okay <laughs> book, I guess. <laughs> Um, and if you'd like to find us on social media, we are at PJOPod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also find our individual social media handles linked there. Yeah. And you can go see Phoebe's art, which is awesome. It truly is. Yeah. You were definitely, I post my art. <laughs> you were definitely one of my plugs um, for the podcast because we do plugs of just things. Oh, and I was just like, thank Phoebe's you. Art. <laughs> go check it out. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Show us some cool stuff. Although it is um, spoilery art. If you're only up to here in this podcast, there's some you right. might you might want to yeah. skim a little before just go down scroll to the bottom. really quick to the bottom. <laughs> I think most artists at this point are going to be spoilery compared to this podcast and yeah, where we're we are. A little bit behind, so you know, just just we'll, we'll get just there. don't read the descriptions. Just don't read the descriptions. It's fine. You just look at it. And you'll be like, "What is this? What does it mean?" <laughs> just be like, "Oh, interesting." Okay, moving on. Interesting. <laughs> Um, all right, so do we have any social media plugs, um, friends? Anything you've been consuming lately that you just really like? Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Why did I say <laughs> yeah, social media I like, plugs? I meant media <laughs> plugs. <laughs> like, hmm. anything you've been listening to, reading, watching, just enjoying? Uh, I have to think of something, too. All right, so. if you guys are thinking, I'll go first, <laughs> because uh, I'm, like, almost positive that I've recommended Diana Wynne Jones's writing before. Um... But if I did, I almost certainly told you to read The Crest Fancy Chronicles, which you still should. But, so this time I'm going to say, go read Pal's Moving Castle. It's very different from the film. Oh my god. <laughs> in in the most delightful of ways. I was going to say, I, I've heard that theory where, like, the movie is Howl's perspective and the book is Sophie's yes. perspective. I actually know nothing about Howl's Moving Castle other than that. That is the only <laughs> thing I know. <laughs> That's a great movie and a great book. I actually read the book recently, too. Um, Yeah, it was cool. I love her fantasy writing. I love, like, the sort of snarky, like, meta way that she does Mm -hmm. it. 
and which does not come through in the film at all, but it's a different kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Oh, reading um, da, 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 da. I, okay, I'm just, I don't usually like to do pl- things that I've already plugged before, but I'm going to go ahead and plug Andy Mack um, again <laughs> on mm. this podcast because it's a fucking good show. Um, I'm still sad that it's not all on Disney Plus, but you can go find it other places on the internet. I think I bought all of it on iTunes and that's how I watched it. Um, but you know what? It's, it's good. And we have a good small boy who's a gay character in a Disney Channel show and they talk about it. And it's the first Disney show to ever use the words I am gay. So I think that's important, actually. Yeah. Very important. Cyrus is my first gay Disney character. That, that's, he's the only one that matters to me. Mm. <laughs> um, has Black Sails already been plugged on this podcast? Probably, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't have to do it if, if everyone's already heard it. it. I mean, go ahead and plug what you want. Poseidon's on it, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like if you're a Percy Jackson fan and you haven't watched Black Sails, uh, you should get on that. <laughs> Because yeah. it's not only made by several of the showrunners who are behind the Percy Jackson Disney Plus show, it also features the actors who are going to play Poseidon and Medusa in its main cast. Oh, both of them? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's also just genuinely one of the best TV shows ever made. Like, if you like analyzing stories like I do, and sword fighting, and betrayal, and gay pirates, like, Isn't, it's, it's really good. I've heard that it's the original gay pirate show. It is. While it is the original like, gay pirate show. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. 2014. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Phoebe is now for made me watch. How far did we get? We got to episode eight of season two. Okay. Where's it streaming? Uh, it's it's on, on Hulu. stars, but yeah, it's on Hulu now. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's on my that list, on list, but my list is expansive and I never get to it. Move it up. Move <laughs> it up the list. That's good. And then when you watch it, you can watch Phoebe's YouTube video where she breaks down the Percy Jackson writer's room, but she does so by spoiling a lot of Black mm. Sails. So mm. I watched the first six minutes of the video and then paused it right when it was like, and now we're going to talk about Black <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, it's great. Ten out of ten. Um uh, okay, I have a plug. Mine is um that if you like reading and you like reading about gods and you like fantasy, mm. uh, one of my good friends, uh her book's coming out um pretty soon. Like they're just starting to release um like um, or advanced reader copies and stuff that you can request on NetGalley, but you can also add it on Goodreads if it sounds interesting. But it's called The Longest Autumn uh, by Amy Avery, mm. and it's about a... It's like a mystery that's about... Um, Basically, in this world, all of the gods of the seasons are, like, personified as, like, actual gods, but they live in the realm of the gods, but when it's their season, they get led out by mortal heralds. And when they're present in the world, it's their season, but they become more mortal over this course of the season, and so they get brought back, and the season, and that's how mm. the seasons change. But the main character, who's the Herald of Autumn, when she brings Autumn through the portal, the magic mirror that they use to travel between the realm of the gods and the mortal world shatters. Oh. And this, everyone thinks it's her fault. She has no idea what happened. And it's really bad because if it, the world is in an endless autumn, then people are going to starve. There's lots of disease. Yeah. And also, he's the god of death. So if he can't go back, the spirits of the dead can't go back either. Hmm. It's a great book. 
at it on Goodreads, The Longest Autumn, and it will be coming out soon. And I beta read it, and my friend's an amazing writer, and it's such a good book, and I'm in the acknowledgments. <laughs> it sounds very Hades and Persephone. Um... It's great. She's also, um, she actually also has self-published a fae series called Cambiare that you can buy now. That's also very Hades and Persephone trapped in the fae world. Very oh, good. Very fun. I, I do like thinking about them as fae, too. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in her Fae book, in the meantime, if you thought that sounded like a cool book, but and you want to read her stuff now, then she publishes under uh, Avery Ames on uh, that. Very cool. Okay. Well, y'all need to check these things out. It sounds very cool. Um, Great book. I'm very excited to have it on my shelf. Good shit. Um, I was hoping to at least say goodbye to Phoebe. Phoebe, what She'll happened? She'll be back. Maybe come back? Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm uh, just end the yeah. pod. Charlie, <laughs> release us from this mortal coil, please. <laughs> I shall, I guess. Um, Phoebe's already dead. Get up. Phoebe, much like Nico, has walked off to do her own thing in the shadows. <laughs> no, I think Phoebe was um, poisoned, but like it was her computer was poisoned by the Stoll Brothers this <laughs> <No>. time. <laughs> mm. So I need y'all to get out of my fucking cabin so I can walk off into the shadows. <laughs> Never to be seen um, again. And like, and like train with some undead Charlie skeletons or something. Right. No. <laughs> we will change our Goodbye. society. Yeah, we have to keep us updated on your Ghost King arc. <laughs> Hey Matt, thanks for being our God Complex Patreon. The rest of you, step up your fucking game. My god, I was going to leave it like that, but I am not abrasive by nature. Please, it's a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can follow this podcast socials at Of The Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and Tumblr, and at Of The Eldest Gods on Twitter. You can send us an iris message through Of The Eldest Gods Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, join us at patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, where you'll be able to chat with us and other listeners about episodes and anything Percy Jackson related. Our $5 patron tier also gets you access to Against All Odds, our monthly bonus show. There, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which usually have something to do with mythology, no promises. You can check out our merch store in Redbubble to find custom designs made by Charlie. Or if you cannot or do not want to support us financially, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, or letting your friends and followers know how much you love the podcast. That really helps. You can find me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay, spelled R-A-Y-E, on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out Barbie Movie Slap, a podcast where my co-host Ted and I discuss Barbie's cinematic universe. That podcast Twitter is at Barbie Slaps. And you can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. I also have an art Instagram at GreenPixieDraws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac. That's M-A-C-K. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Oldest Gods is proud to be part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like Content and Capable that follows Sam as he tries to figure out what it truly means 
to adults. Have you ever gotten so distracted in Stardew Valley that you forgot to sleep? Have you realised that you have a whole room in your house full of dolls? Or have you even bored your friends to sleep talking about your passion? Well then, Content Capable is the podcast for you. Join me, Sam, as I chat to people passionate about what they do, asking questions about how they fell in love with their passion, what they do, and how it interacts with their day-to-day lives. Catch the podcast every Monday as I find out what makes someone tick, all while gleaning interesting and insightful life lessons along the way. There'll be laughs, a bit of crying, a whole lot of conversations, and we learn just a little bit more about the world around us. Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. I've said it over me genuinely being like, I really don't have that much to say about Castor and Pollux, and then immediately being like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so on brand for you, though. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, there's a great uh, outtakes episode of ours where um, <laughs> I went on a rant about Rome for literally 40 oh minutes my god. straight. <laughs> I, I think what y'all need to do is y'all need to like make those outtakes into bonus episodes on like a Patreon or something. Because I would pay money just to listen to like these. Like, do you? Would you though? I don't know. It just me like devolving into madness. I would. Like, and another thing. <laughs> I invited you on this podcast. I am here for this bullshit. <laughs> Gaius Julius Caesar. Dave X Media.